Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm here today with my sister, Liz Dolan, who's in Santa Monica, California. It's April 17th. But Liz, today on the show, it's new to you. New to you, Leon. What's happening with this, Liz? <laughs> You're always cooking up stuff for yeah. us at Satellite Sisters. It's, you it's just a, sit at home and brand, even in your spare time. So what's happening? Yeah, well, it's new to us, too, Leanne. So we, ha- <laughs> we, we have a new feature we are going to be rolling out today. It's called Satellite Sisters, New to You. And what this is, these are... Uh, shows in our archives, like going way back, we're 2008, 2009, that most of you have not heard. And the reason I say most of you is because I can look at the stats and I can see that like these shows that we posted in 2008, 2009, 2011, maybe, you know, 100, 200, 500 people listen to it. But there are many, many, many new listeners out there now. So we thought we would bring you back these uh, these fabulous shows which, by the way, are very well produced because you were our producer back in the day, Leon. I was. I, I was in Zach producing these shows. Yes. yes. We, were, we were in a real studio uh, with an engineer, Kia Renee, and an executive producer, Leon Dolan. And they sound fabulous. So that's why we thought a little Satellite Sisters new to you would be new for everyone. So that's what we're going to be introducing. A lot of weekends throughout the spring, you're going to get a Satellite Sisters new to you. <laughs> you sold it, Liz. You totally sold it. I love it. <laughs> I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, we, we, we will be telling you, previewing what's on this new to you coming up. But first, we want to mention a couple of things, as long as we have your attention. You know our book, Satellite Sisters, You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship, is out there. It's a great book for springtime celebrations, Liz. I mean, I know I am doing a lot of speaking, a lot of signings this spring. People are happy and want to talk about female friendships and the important of fe- importance of female friendships. So it's just a pleasure to be out there signing and selling copies of Satellite Sisters, You're the Best. If you haven't picked yours up yet, they are available at Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. You can certainly request them from your local indie bookstore. That would be great too. But to celebrate everything that's happening in the spring and You're the Best, we have a whole contest happening, right, Liz, called Satellite Sisters Celebrations. Satellite Sisters Celebrations. We just want to see your photos of your spring celebrations. Celebrations. Are you at, you know, baby showers, college reunions, high school graduations? I'm noticing prom pictures starting to pop up. We just love to see the pictures of you celebrating with your people, especially with your satellite sisters. So on Facebook or on Instagram, you just post a picture of your satellite sister celebration. Use the hashtag SatSistersYTB. 
hashtag SatSistersYTB on either Instagram or Facebook. And once a month for April, May, and June, we are going to be pulling winners from each, and you will get copies of Satellite Sisters. You're the best. So really simple. But, Leanne, you know, you said it was really fun being out talking to people. Last Sunday, we were together at the L.A. Times Festival of Books on the USC campus, and many, many lovely Satellite Sisters and Misters came by to see us. So that was really great. But I loved the fact that Marnie and her daughter Rachel came by and they explained to you, Leanne Dolan, that Rachel had been working on your essay, Carry Your Own Skis, in her class at school, right? Yes. My essay from um, our first book, Satellite Sisters on Common Senses, uh, has been in a high school freshman textbook for almost 10 years. And um, every once in a while, I get a check for like $12. I, I think <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know it's still out there. But what I loved was when Rachel came up, she said, we are reading your essay in class. And she said she has a very, um, a very demanding, an excellent but demanding English teacher. And she thought it would be really fantastic if she got her assigned copy of You're the Best for her high school English teacher who had assigned her um, carry your own skis. So I did that for Rachel and Mrs. Bechdel, I think is her name or Betchel. And, uh, and then Rachel posted a picture of the two of them and the book, which was so fantastic. I love when I actually hear from quite a few English teachers on Twitter and Facebook about the essay. Really? And it just deli- yeah. It delights me every time I have, a, I have a couple of like coaches that follow me because their kids brought in that essay to them and they use it as part of their coaching. So I have a couple of like high school coaches that follow me on Facebook and Twitter because of that. So it really delights me that that essay is out there and is, uh, is happening. And, you know, it's amazing to me that it's in a textbook. (laughs) Well, I think take that grammar snobs. I have an essay in a textbook. So please stop telling me about all the bad typos. Okay. I can't type. But I can write. Those yes. are two different things. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's so, so cute of Rachel to take that photo. It was really cute. And Rachel and Marnie were just one of the multiple mother-daughter pairs who came by to say hello to us. And, you know, it really made us think a lot about we've always tried to make Satellite Sisters a show that you can listen to with kids in the car. Right. Right. That, you know, it's important to us to work ourselves into your lives and your lives mean you're often driving around, not only not just alone in your car, but as a result. And we've been doing this now since what, 2000. So 16 years of having kids in the backseat means we now have fans who are like teenagers who grew up with us and she could not have been more excited to meet you, Leanne. (laughs) It was really and I was excited to meet her. Really? Yes. It's, it's a fantastic thing to be able to meet these these sons and these daughters that have grown up listening to us. It's really, it's just charming and it's overwhelming and it's really great. So that photo was great and, and it was just wonderful. Just wonderful. All right. Well, one other note on uh, Satellite Sister celebrations is that, you know, your career has often been closely linked to Will Shakespeare's career. Very often. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised how... How often you come up in the same, I don't know, paragraph. And uh, But there is a Bard's Birthday special going on right now where, once again, you and Will Shakespeare linked in the literary world. 
That's right. Uh, this is uh, William Shakespeare's 400th birthday. It's coming up April 23rd. 400 years old. So who knew? Uh, and still going strong, I might add. Yeah. Still going strong. We should all be so lucky. Um, but I did my second novel, Elizabeth the First Wife, has a William Shakespeare late motif. It is a, a contemporary take on Shakespeare. It's a romantic comedy. It's funny, but there's a lot of fun Shakespeare stuff in it. So we, I got my head together with my publisher and we said, let's just drop the Kindle price in celebration of William Shakespeare's 400th birthday. So all this week, uh, Elizabeth, the first wife is a dollar 99 on Kindle. Okay. That so, is a deal. That's it's a deal. deal. It's a steal. It's a funny book. I enjoyed writing that book actually quite a bit. Sometimes I, I look at it now and I laugh to myself because I, <laughs> I was like, this is pretty good. <laughs> but but most of the book takes place at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon. So there is a strong, fun Shakespeare tie-in. So if you haven't picked it up on Kindle, it's there for $1.99. If you have friends who might not have read it and you want to share that link with them, that's fantastic. Or share that news, that's great. But all week long in celebration of it, it's Shakespeare week. Uh, at, uh, at at Goodreads and all kinds of other writers groups are putting together some Shakespeare related stuff. So it's Shakespeare week. It's a dollar ninety nine all week long. So okay, check that it sounds out. fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Liz, this new to you show. It's it's sort of new to me because I didn't go back in and re listen, and I can't recall anything I said in two thousand eight. So what's what's so, on the show, Leon? You would be shocked what we all said in two thousand eight. Oh, I'm we, sure it was it was hilarious. So this is April eighteenth, two thousand eight. I'm trying to sort of pick shows that are a little bit in sync with where we are in the calendar year now. So that's why that's why I picked April eighteenth. And uh, oh, this, this show has it all. The main players in this show are you, me, and Monica. But then at the end, Sheila shows up, and there's a lab rats. Uh, so the only sister who's not on the April 18th show is Julie. But let me just run down what we have here. So there's a there's a bitter business bureau, and remember, spring of 2008, there yeah. was a lot to be bitter about. Yeah. So there is some ranting going on here about hedge funds and people getting paid too much. And I just got to say, touch Bernie Sanders here. <laughs> uh, it's still relevant, people. Like, what is actually going on on Wall Street? Uh, we were talking about it in 2008, and the world is still talking about it. So Bitter Business Bureau. And then the lab rats do bitter chocolate. So there's a, oh wow there, it's, you know, by accident, a bit of a, you know, front and back, you know, um, bookends, book bitter bookends, bitter, bitter bookends. And so Sheila and Monica, I'm bitter chocolate. Say no more, right? You're just going to have to listen. But then in between sandwiched in between the bitter bookends, uh, I have a series of celebrity sightings around town here in Santa Monica, including, you know, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it was fascinating to me to hear the that I had just bumped into Arnold and Maria in the park together. <laughs> like when he was governor and she was still his wife. And we just have a funny little conversation about uh, the Schwarzeneggers and Shrivers, which thinking back now, things didn't turn out so well, but in that moment, uh, so the, uh, so we see Arnold and Maria, and then I talk to a couple of other, talk about a couple of other people I've bumped into, but then you have an epic spring break report with, uh, you and 
your your husband dragging you to places you had never even thought of going before, but were quite delighted by, including the Hoover Dam, Leon. Okay. It's your it's your it's your trip to the Hoover Dam. Okay. I still think back on that as how did I ever do that? Being so claustrophobic. Sometimes I think about that and my palms start to sweat. It's like, and I survived. I made it. But I was like, what was I thinking going down in that elevator? And, oh, my gosh, you're under the Hoover Dam. It's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. Well, like you had that and a couple of other. And now I, it's all coming back to me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. The, that same trip included the Borax Museum. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... Complete report. Power of 100 mules, Liz. Power of 100 mules. So, 10,000 or 10,000. I don't know. So um, sp- spring break 2008, uh, Leanne's report. And then this, also very timely, uh, Monica does a report on the concept of finding your Google ganger. Like the person out there in the world who has your – or persons – out there in the world that has your name and what do oh. they do. And there are Monica Dolans out there in the world. And there are Liz Dolans out there in the world. But as you explain, there are no Leon Dolans no. out there in the world. <laughs> That's it. And, yeah. yeah. So, and that is also very timely because I was thinking about you and the name Leon last night because I went to the new Irish movie that's just opening up across America, John Carney, who did Once. That movie makes me cry even thinking about it. It was so great. So, <laughs> so John Carney's new movie uh, is called Sing Street, and it's about a bunch of high school boys at a school in Dublin called Sing Street where they're, they decide in an effort to get the girl that they want to cast her in a music video but to make the music video, they have to form a band. And so it's this whole coming-of-age story about these high school boys in Dublin. And, you know, John Carney, all of his movies are filled with fantastic music. But I was thinking about you for two reasons, Leanne. First of all, you would love this movie just based on the soundtrack because these are kids in high school in the 80s. And so it's all like... They're kind of recreating it's Duran Duran and it's Spandau Ballet. Oh. And it's it's the sound of the eighties. You know. Oh. So I think on a pure musical level, you're gonna enjoy this movie. And of course all of their costumes, they're they, you know, they're trying to look like Duran Duran. They're like wearing their mother's clothes and wearing eyeliner to high school. And oh, it's hilarious. So, okay. So there's that. You'd enjoy the movie for that. But then the star of this movie, uh, who is like, like unbelievably adorable, this kid who is 16 now, he was there last night at the screening that I went to. Now he's like an Irish version of Harry Styles, you know, oh, okay. he, he's got that Harry Styles look, uh, but you know, the movie was like shot a couple of years ago. So he's just so like fresh faced and a beautiful singer. But here's the thing. His name is Ferdio, Ferdio Walsh Pilo. So F E R D I O, which is an Irish name that I had never heard. Have you ever heard that name? No. no. Okay. This gets so much more interesting. So I'm thinking about Ferdio. And your name being Leanne, that's an Irish name. And, but even in Ireland, there are very few of them. And, but our father always swore that it was a Gaelic name. And 
uh, but you've struggled with the spelling and the pronunciation of that name forever. Right. And there are a lot of jokes about that in the April 18th, 2008 <laughs> episode you're about to hear. Oh, really? Because this comes up in the Google Ganger discussion. But oh. here's, the, here's the deal. When I Googled uh, Ferdio last night and read his... Is it Ferdio uh, or Ferdia? Ferdio. F-E-R-D-I-O. Ferdio. Sorry, did I say Ferdia? That's no, the, no, that, I, that I, would be the girl's version, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Ferdio Walsh Pilo is his name. So he was home birthed in County Wicklow. Both his mother and his father are musicians, and he's been performing since he was a young child. He, but here's the thing I loved. He's got three siblings. Their names are, I don't even know how to pronounce these. The first one is, Taj, I guess, or T-A-D-G-H. So yeah. you, you could have had that, Leon. That would have been right. nice. Okay, the, <laughs> the second sibling is Wasin or Oisin, O-I-S-I-N. That would oh, be, an, wow. be another tricky one. And the third one is Shofrod or Shofrod, S-I-O-F-R-A-D-H. Uh, so it's like, like Siobhan, but Shafrod. Yeah. And I know that we have, I'm sure we have listeners who like speak Irish or know some of these old Gaelic names and you are horrified at the way I just pronounced those three names. So if you can send us phonetic, like pronouncers of these names, Taj, Uysin, and Shofrod, uh, I would be happy to see them. But most of all, I wanted to just spell them and say them to you, Leanne, because in context, L-I-A-N doesn't seem so difficult. <laughs> it could have been worse. Huh. It could have been. It, although really, what's the, if you're saying and spelling your name every single day, does it matter how badly they mispronounce it? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I still have to spell it and say it like five times a day, every day of my entire life. So <laughs> okay. All right, but it's but did you enjoy the movie? I enjoyed the movie. Yes, I. It's very charming, very sweet. The music is fantastic. Everyone in it is it really really good. I mean, if you liked Once, you will definitely like this. And then what is his other movie? I meant to look that up. You loved John Carney's second movie, which was also about the music business. Oh yeah, remember? Um, oh gosh, with Adam Levine in it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm looking it up now. So uh, the, so John Carney, he's so he's the director and he also wrote and produced this. So he was there last night talking about he got inspired to this is his part of it is his life story because this all happened Sing Street in Dublin, it's a real thing and it was a very rough school. Uh, particularly in the 80s when the economy in Ireland was so bad. So these were like his dark high school days. And he wanted to start to tell that story, but then got inspired because he saw a kid in a school uniform walking along, like holding a guitar. And he thought, maybe that's the way to not have it be so super depressing. So oh. it's it's what he calls in the movie, happy sad. It's happy sad. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Begin again. That Begin was again. The, that, that was, was the other thing he did. Yeah, that okay. was, I like that. So like that. Uh, 
it's called Sing Street, S-I-N-G Street. And, uh, you know, I think our people would really enjoy it. It would be a great, again, mothers and daughters, a fun movie you can see together. You know, mothers and sons, fathers and daughters, whatever. Sing Street, I think, would work for you. Uh, so there you have it. New to you. Uh, that's today's new to you. It's amazing to me that things we were talking about on April 18th, 2008, are still so cutting edge. Lou. Still, <laughs> still relevant. Well, there you have it. Take a listen to our Satellite Sisters, New to You. This is Julie Dolan. This is Liz Dolan. This is Sheila Dolan. This is Monica Dolan. This is Leanne Dolan. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. The Satellite Sisters. The Satellite Sisters podcast. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. Any conversation can. can. Any conversation can. I'm not going to write you a song because to be with you today. It's Leanne, Liz, and Monica here. Leanne and Liz here at our new studios at the Paley Center in Beverly Hills. Monica, you're there in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I am. It's not Beverly Hills, Leanne, but it's my own. <laughs> don't you live in some kind of hills? What's the name of your neighborhood? The West uh, Hills? Okay. I don't live in Raleigh the West Hills. hills. <laughs> Raleigh Hills, I think, in lower, lower Raleigh Hills. Raleigh Hills adjacent? <laughs> you are <laughs> yes. all right we are the satellite sisters are you are you as peeved as i am that barack obama has co-opted our word bitter i thought we were the only bitter people <laughs> we have been bitter for quite a while well we've used the word bitter quite often here on satellite sisters we try not to be negative you know we try not to whine and complain about things but occasionally there are things that going on in the world that we group together and we put them under the bitter rubric we are bitter mm-hmm. about like we have today an installment of the bitter business bureau mm-hmm. we've been doing that for quite a while quite a, long before <laughs> we have long Barack been- obama made the word bitter the most googled <laughs> word in america yeah he's driving it right into the ground well, well not him anymore but others it's funny you should mention the word bitter because i think bitter may come up in our lab rats reports later today oh and why is that well leon we're testing dark chocolates Uh and you know there's a some of them i'm not saying anything until you hear the report but some of them there's slight bitterness to some of them yes bit of chocolate yes Mm -hmm. okay bit of chocolate and bit of business that's what we're doing today on satellite sisters also we mentioned google but monica you're going to fill us in on what a google ganger is i've never heard this term leon that's your google twin that's when you google your name on Uh google and you find out and you start to discover things about other people that are named leon dolan other people that are named monica dolan those are your Google gangers. That's and actually, funny. actually, the American Dialect Society, that was the most creative word of last year, Google gangers. So I there was love a it. story in the New York Times about pe- how people feel connected to other people. To their, their same names. Correct. Well, Leon, Leon Dolan is a pretty unusual name. Yes. But Liz Dolan is an extremely common name. Well, first, Dolan's a pretty common name. But Liz Dolan, like, you're not going to get any more average than that. And occasionally when I Google myself, I, there's a Liz Dolan who writes a financial advice column in the UK. <laughs> so <laughs> I will never mistake, nor anyone who knows me would mistake me for her. But I, I know she's out there, Monica. And Liz, a couple of weeks ago, I tried to set up a Skype account where we could talk online and video chat 
And I uh, I dialed up a Liz Dolan, the only one they had in the directory at the time. And um, it was in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, oh yeah. There are a lot oh. of Liz Dolans. But that Liz must have been down at the pub because she wasn't in. <laughs> All right. That's coming up later along with the Lab Rats. Hey, qu- one quick story, sisters. Over the weekend, I had a trifecta of celebrity sightings. Just thought oh. I, I wanted to share them with you. Sure. Friday, uh, I went to the gym, you know, which is always hard, and I worked out, which is even harder. And then I was too lazy after my really hard workout to get in the shower, change, like to, to regroup, do any kind of grooming at all, which is really unfortunate because... You know, when you don't, when you've just worked out, you are at your absolute worst mm-hmm. looking. And uh, I, I, not that I would have had any chance with this guy anyway. <laughs> now that I think even, about even the if build you, up. Even if you had spent an hour and a half uh, doing your hair and makeup. Well, what do you think, Monica? If I, if you walked out, or if I walked out in an elevator directly, practically into the arms of John Mayer, <laughs> rock god John Mayer. He's so cute, do you think I, Oh, he's so much more than cute. That's what I'm here to report. <laughs> most, most famous people, when you see them, the first thing you are struck by is that they are shorter mm-hmm. than they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They're just all so small. That's right. I hear Kevin Costner, big disappointment in that department. Mel Gibson, I hear, is very, okay. very small. There will be no disappointment when you meet John Mayer, Monica. <laughs> big, strong, tall, Totally strapping, totally cool guy. Full head of hair, too. Yes, yes. And we had a little moment. I was stepping out of the elevator in the parking garage, and he was stepping in, and it was, you know, I almost turned around and went back in, but I was too exhausted. And And that would have seemed obvious, (laughs) by the by. What were you going to say to him, Liz? No, I wasn't going to say anything, because the one other time I bumped into him at the gym, he was on an elliptical machine, and I was down the row on my treadmill. And just just watching him is fine. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, anyway, but then moving on, Sunday, uh, very warm, sunny day here in Santa Monica, California. It was a little stuffy in my apartment. I uh, refuse to turn on the air conditioning when it's only April because I'm v- super conscious of my carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was trying to keep my carbon footprint small. So I got in my car and drove to the park. Oh, Liz. <laughs> but when I, so I'm on the, at the park on Ocean Avenue in Santa Monica. It overlooks... The ocean. The ocean. Yeah. You won't be surprised to hear. It's sort of up on these cliffs. There's a beautiful park there. It was very busy because it was a warm day and many people out strolling. So Ferris and I are walking along. You may recall Ferris is my dog. And uh, Ferris and I are walking along. And who walks dire- walking directly towards us but Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver, just like your average wow. married couple out for a stroll on a Sunday night. Good. Exciting. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, they, I mean, they're the most powerful couple in California. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Were were they surrounded by Secret Service? No, no. They had one guard sort of trailing about 10 feet behind them. Uh, The governor wasn't wearing like sunglasses or a hat or no kind of disguise. She had on a big hat. But, you know, it's pretty obvious when you see him that (laughs) who he is. But I didn't want to say anything. You know, you don't like to bug people. Right. I kind of walked by. But Liz Maria's our friend. I know. I know. But here's a friend of satellite. Sisters. She's been on our show many mm-hmm. times, well, several times. And uh, but she, you're right. I, I mean, walking up to celebrities in public, they, they just were out for a walk. Yes. They wanted their privacy. Except, Monica, here's what I realized. He works for me, right? <laughs> That's right, Liz. He's on your payroll. He's on my payroll. I just paid my taxes, as we discussed <laughs> last week. He's the governor of my state. He is a public servant. Mm-hmm. 
I, I could have said hello to him. I, th- I regret that I didn't at least say hello, Governor. Or so, so, I mean, I don't think that would have been too intrusive. <laughs> but, you know, when we drove the kids through Sacramento once, we we stopped and uh, it's the Capitol, and we did a little tour of the state house, and you can go right into his office. He really? was not there because but... he's never there. He's always in Brentwood. <laughs> so that's why he's walking with his wife in the park near me because that's where he really is all the time. It's a big, big picture of Maria in his office. Very nice. Hey, Leon, actually. Uh, it's almost a celebrity sighting to see you because you've been gone for 10 days. You had a spring break. Right. Then you had a jury duty situation, but now you're back. Had to fulfill it. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about my spring break, though, because, you know, as a family, eight kids, two parents, never went anywhere. No. I mean, it's fair to say, right? It's not like our parents weren't great parents, but they really didn't. There wasn't a lot of, like, car travel. I mean, who wants to get in a car with eight kids and go no. anywhere? No, we went to our cousins. Right. Usually. Half an hour away. Right. Or we <laughs> could take the train into New York. Or There yeah. were some smaller group train trips or car trips. I mean, we were good for big events. But would you say that we frequented any national parks as no. a child or any? Never. I mean, we grew up an hour outside of New York City. I, I never went to the Empire State Building. <laughs> never been up in the Empire. You know, did not go to the Statue of Liberty until really? two years ago. I mean, we didn't even do that kind of stuff. What was wrong with us? Well, we went into the city and we did fun stuff. Right. But we just didn't. You're right. We did not do those particular things. Right. Well, my husband's family was the complete opposite. They were the National Park, National Historic Site family. Like, they seen every president's home, every library. Really? Every this. Aren't you glad every you didn't that. Cliff dwellings. <laughs> All right. So when I go on my vacations with my husband, I'm always shocked where we end up. Like he'll drive and I'll say, let's stop. And my, I, I always think, let's just get there. But yeah. he actually likes to stop and enjoy things. Or he knows places, for instance, are nearby. Like he has some sense of geography of the West. So for instance, we went to Lake Las Vegas, which is this you know, made up development about 45 minutes north of Las Vegas with a fake uh-huh. lake and fake green grass and things like that. But he had a work no, that, sounds, that sounds fantastic. You know what? It was nice. It's a resort. I, know, I, hear it's, I hear it's pretty. Yeah. Oh, he had a work thing there. He so had you a work guys, thing. That, well, that's a good deal. But then he surprised me by saying, hey, we're going to go to the Hoover Dam tomorrow. I would love to go there. Okay, Monica, in my life, I have not spent two minutes thinking about the Hoover Dam. Are you kidding no, really? me? Never. In my life, I, for instance, did not know it was named after President Hoover. You know, I didn't even... So you thought it was named after the Hoover vacuum cleaner? I, I don't know. Liz didn't really put it all together. You know, so so lo and behold, we get in the car and we go to the Hoover Dam. That's a fantastic piece of engineering. Yes, the it is. Hoover Dam. That's why so many scenes in movies take place at the Hoover Dam. Well, of course, Transformers. I mean, that was the first yes. time I had uh-huh. really thought about the Hoover Dam. And, you know, How I... How about Lost in America? You oh, know, that's right. The yeah. whole the whole nest egg scene oh, right. takes place at the Hoover Dam, doesn't it? Well, I was just shocked there were so many people there. It was a Tuesday. It was packed at the Hoover Dam. And it really is a fantastic piece of engineering. I thought that there would be a lot of water flowing through it. That's like a waterfall, like Niagara Falls. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't look like that at all. No. I'm here to tell you. Ed, the, the water goes in, Liz, goes through turbines, and then comes out the other Well, that's end. kind of what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, let's just seen the movies. <laughs> right, from Lost in America, when Albert Brooks is berating his wife. <laughs> All right. So, and you'll be proud of me because I actually had to get in an elevator and go down 520 feet in, oh, and- into the ground to see the turbines and stuff. Take the half uh, an um, hour tour, which you know I'm very mm, claustrophobic, and that almost did me in. I am proud of you, Leanne. But I would I imagine you would just sit in the visitor senator center and watch the video. I, I, I almost did. I almost backed <laughs> out at the last minute getting in that elevator, but I did it. I was very proud of myself. Check it off your list, Leanne Hoover Dam. Okay, done. and also check uh, the Borax Museum off my list because... <laughs> what is that? The Borax Museum? We drove from Lake Las Vegas. We were driving to the Sierras in California yes. to go skiing. So we drove through Death Valley, oh. another place I'd never really driven through. I always thought that was a fictional place. Yeah. Until I moved to California a few years ago, I just thought Death Valley was something they made up. No, it's a big national park. <laughs> and two of you sound like... <laughs> But did you I know. ever study geography? No, I mean, in truth, we did not grow up in the West. No. Right. We just ended up out here. And it is where they mined borax, the oh. detergent. So, you know, like the 20-mule team, you know, the famous advertising saying it's coming back borax? to me now, yeah. Right. It would come back to you, Liz, if you went to the Borax <laughs> Museum. Because I, again, hadn't really thought about borax. Now, was that packed with people, too? Packed with people. <laughs> you could barely get in. We couldn't even get into the restaurant to, to have a you know little rib or something. Bor- Borax burger. So many people there. Really? And all kinds of interesting facts about the mining of borax that happened in Death Valley and how it changed Death Valley forever because it made people there for some reason. Uh-huh. So there we went, check that off, Hoover Dam Borax Museum. Okay, next. Okay, then we go skiing for a couple of days up at Mammoth, and we're driving home, and we stop at Manzanar. Okay, that is the Japanese internment camp from World oh. War II. Oh, Another interesting. fantastic national park And that site. is opening to, open to the public? Yes, it is. It is right on the road. It's on 395, right up to, right on the road um, near Mammoth. And we've driven past it probably a dozen times. And this time my husband said, let's leave early and stop at Manzanar. Incredibly moving. Incredibly really? fantastic site. The only building left from the internment camp. And these were where they put, you know, American citizens or people born in Japan from 1942 to 1945, they wanted to get all Japanese, people of Japanese descent off the West Coast. Uh-huh. So they either interned them in California or at 12 other sites across the country. I know people in Los Angeles whose grandparents and parents were interned mm-hmm. in at Manzanar. Incredibly moving, great site. Way to go, National Park. Because <laughs> I never okay. would, but I never so would stop there. Better than the Borax. Better Museum. Better than the Borax Museum. Great documentary, really evocative. The only only building left is the um, the high school that they actually built for um, for the kids that were there, and they've turned that into a really great museum and just a very moving story and something we should all be reminded of. These were American citizens mm-hmm. that had done absolutely nothing wrong and were voluntarily interned there from 1942 to 1945. So Mm -hmm. a fantastic stop. And again, without my husband, I would have been like, let's just keep going. Let's go home. (laughs) But no, that we weren't done. Then we stopped at Willow Springs Racetrack. (laughs) What what do they race there? Well, Liz... I, Leah, now I'm recalling the time you drove up to Oregon and your husband like took some three-hour de- detour to see a suspension bridge. Yeah. And how much you enjoyed 
the tour of the suspension bridge and the visitor center. And now it's all coming back yeah. to me. That's in Redwood, California. Yes. Willow Springs, Liz, they were racing. Seriously, they were racing like lawnmowers. I mean, they had everything from lawnmowers to motorcycles to cars to dirt bikes. Oh, it's a oh, it's not a horse track. No, it's no, a track it's a car track. track. It's a car track. So, you know, there you go. I think that's my spring break again. If it was just left to me, I wouldn't have gone to any of these places or known where they were. So it was a really fun, fantastic spring break. I could imagine your sons enjoying a uh, lawnmower race. <laughs> they like anything with an engine. It was just, I mean, they had like 100 tracks there. I was like, wow, this is quite an event we're at. Wow. Well, at hopefully this. you won't have to go back there. No. But all the other places sounded great. Yeah. Uh, I, I Speaking of little travelogues, you know, I have just wanted to report back on... Uh, our little spot that we are developing in Bend. <laughs> Central Oregon, Bend, Central Oregon. Oregon. We're I developing mean, it? That's your new well, word? Well, on Sister Spot, you know, I told I told you that our brother's family, they live in Central Oregon in this town called Bend. It's about three hours from Portland. It's a great site to go. You know, there's a lot of outdoor stuff to do there. Hiking, skiing, swimming in the summer. Liz and I have been going over there for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we right. feel like we discovered Bend. Before yes. our brother, but he's so there It's now. really taken off now. <laughs> it really has, Liz. Uh, anyways, our brother bought a, this small rental house right in town. It's a bungalow-like, sort of a very simple two-bedroom, one-bath dwelling. And he's fixing it up, and he's planning to rent it out in the fall. But he has graciously agreed to let Liz and I use it this summer. Mm-hmm. And for me, Liz, it's kind of a dream come true. I know, because you can drive there. For me here in Los Angeles, it's a flight. But believe it or not, they now have nonstop flights from Los Angeles to Redmond, Oregon, which is the Bend Airport. So, but you, good for you. I'm glad you're going to be able to go there a lot more than me. Yeah, it's delightful. So I've been kind of on the shakedown cruise uh, the past two weekends. I've gone down there. We were able, thank goodness, Liz had a lot of furniture in the basement of a house in Portland that we moved down there. Okay, that gets that? complicated. Yeah, I can't even explain that. You just have yeah. to take our word for uh, it. So we, there are a lot of couches in this very small house. <laughs> Leon, it sort of looks like a couch showroom when you go in there. But it's nice. It's like anyone you have over, they get their own couch. Uh, and the first trip when I went down, I bought just the bare essentials. I bought you know, one bath towel, a bar of soap, a roll of toilet paper. Obviously, and- Monica's not ever planning for she and I to be there at the same <laughs> That's time. That's generous of you. <laughs> the one bath towel. <laughs> Had some coffee. Had my own coffee filters and coffee. Uh, then, Liz, we were there for a weekend. You you were down in bed. And yeah. so we decided we really needed to get some basics, just basics to live so we could spend the weekend there uh, or a couple of days there. And so we went to Target. We were fired up, Leanne. We went to Target. We were buying trash cans and dish towels. And it is really fun. When you, have a, when you have a lot of stuff to buy at yeah. Target, it is just, you could just it's, it's a great day. Yeah. And mops. We had, I had been uh, creating this list for a couple of days, but we didn't want to go crazy. We, you know, we didn't want to spend a lot of money. It's a temporary situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just get the basics. Uh, we made uh, what I feel was like a one impulse purchase was the clock radio. We didn't, we really could have done without a clock radio. I <laughs> absolutely cannot live without a clock radio. I know. You're, I, I know. I, I don't know what it is. Clock radios sound so bad. The radio sounds bad. Well, we didn't even have a radio. Well, we needed a clock. <laughs> we 
needed a I clock. I just wanted to get a cheap. A... Lee and I, I thought a cheap alarm clock, and I didn't have one at home that I could spare. But uh, I, I, so Liz. Okay, can I just say this? If we're going to talk about the purchases that were that showed poor judgment, I think the clock radio, given that we needed a clock and a radio, was a perfectly sound purchase. <laughs> it was your four cup coffee maker mm-hmm. that I thought again. Four cups. Uh, I knew you would balk at that, Liz. Are you are you planning on entertaining ten to twelve cups of people there? <laughs> it's a very small space, and you're right. I bought the four cup coffee maker. I just want to say again, we Richard, can't both really, be drinking we, coffee at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you get a four cupper, what it really is is two cups. I know, and that's okay because you're constantly making fresh coffee. The other one was too expensive, but I'll tell you, Leon, we uh uh. I I regret some of the Target purchases, and I'm kind of mad at Target. Pourquoi? Because now that I've spent a weekend using our purchases, well, first of all, we got the small metal dish rack, you know, where you right. wash dishes and you dry them. Yes. Uh, very basic. You know, it has the little wire on the side where you stick the cups on. It has a little basket for the cutlery. There is not one thing about that dish rack that works. <laughs> Okay. There and you think how bad could thing, a dish rack be? Right. There is not one thing on that dish rack that is well designed. It has like four or five slots for uh, where you put the uh, plates. Plates. You put one in and the whole thing falls over. The entire a little bitter. If I do say so, the myself. entire dish rack falls over. The little plastic doohickey that's right. supposed to be for the cutlery. Yeah. You put one knife in there, it falls <laughs> off. You put it back on. You put another knife in there, it falls off. Take it back. How can you take it back when you've already used it? Well, it doesn't work. It does not work. I'll tell you what else doesn't work. <laughs> it was five ninety nine. The broom does not work. How can I, a broom not work? No, well, when you start to sweep and the broom comes off, the broom handle and the broom <laughs> mechanism disconnect after maybe two or three brush strokes, Liz. That's a broom that doesn't work. So I would like to take those two things back, but I know I never will. You know what? Give them to mom. She'll take them back. She loves (laughs) taking things back. (laughs) That's true. That is sport for her. Yeah. Yeah, she loves it. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I mom was quite excited about this little uh, rental place and the fact that Liz and I needed stuff. And I went over to her house, and she had a, just a wide array of items available for I'm me sure to she's, take down there. I'm I sure said, she's got a dish rack. Mom, we got to take a break. We'll okay. be back in a little bit. Stay with us for the Satellite Sisters. Sisters, thanks for joining us today on Satellite Sisters to Go. Lee and Liz and Monica here right now. Sheila is getting ready for the lab rats. I just saw the little rat doing some nibbling on some dark chocolate. Monica, are you nibbling away on some dark chocolate? I, I had some before we started today. Mm. I, I got to get rid of that stuff. I, I mean, know. It, it's extremely dangerous to have four bars of dark chocolate <laughs> sitting around the house. That's why uh, you're better off when you guys test cleaning products and things. <laughs> you know Because I'm just going to keep bringing those things, Liz, down to that little rental house in bed. <laughs> a lot, there are a lot of cleaning products there. But uh, I wanted to get on to the story about the, the Google gangers. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought it was funny. Because I, who among us has not Googled ourselves? 
Um, have you Googled so. yourself, Leanne? Yes, I yeah, have. Yeah. I'm not very comfortable Googling myself. I've, I've done it just once or twice. It's not something Why, I do. Are you fearful? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what people might be saying about you online? It just seems a little weird to, go to Google yourself. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just. You've done it once or twice. Phyllis probably done it once or twice in the past hour. <laughs> <laughs> just like to, uh, I do it quite a lot. Uh, a lot of girls do. I just want to make sure there's nothing strange about me besides the fact that I do Google myself. I'd like to see what people are saying about me. I mean, first of all, you hope that you even merit a Google listing. Right, right that you're going to surface somewhere. <laughs> it's the Google blog search that where you can really find like the more mean offbeat things. things. Yes. <laughs> mean things. Well, anyone who wrote anything on their blog about you. So mm, I don't want to know that. Yeah, know, it okay. just sends me down a path. It's <laughs> really, a dark, dark path. You're probably better off. But it is fun seeing who else out there is named Leon Dolan. Or, or, or who is named Monica Dolan? Are and, there other Monica Dolans out there? Oh, yes, there are, Liz. That oh, is my Google, Google ganger. Uh, there's one very prominent Monica Dolan. Uh, she's an actress in London, England, uh, star of stage and film. Oh. Uh, she's a member of the joint theater company in the U.K., Monica Dolan. And I like to read her reviews <laughs> because... <laughs> Apparently, she's quite good. Uh, she did get critical acclaims for her role of Lady Macbeth mm. in a production in 2004 in London of Macbeth. Um, and right now, I saw, you know, she is starring in a production in Liverpool at the Liverpool Cathedral of One Step Forward, One Step Back. Huh. Uh, she appears to be a little bit younger. Oh, that's good. <laughs> And uh, she's a very, very fine actress. So that is, she actually is like the number one Monica Dolan, I would say. <laughs> does she have more entries than you? Yes, she does, Leon. It's like, does she is the first entry in the Monica Dolan. I mean, she has a listing on IMDb, mm. the Internet Movie Database. How about mm. Wikipedia? <laughs> Uh, oh, I didn't check that. Check Wikipedia because we have a Wikipedia listing. So I bet <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, but it's a great... See, with Leon, with you, it automatically becomes a competition. <laughs> <laughs> Monica's just curious about the other Monicas. Yeah, I, I mean, there was this article in the New York Times was about uh, the bonds people feel with those that share their name, and they said uh, that there's this new book out. It's called Finding Angela Shelton. And this woman, Angela Shelton, she's a writer. She's a documentary filmmaker. She went around the country and she met 40 other Angela Sheltons. And she wrote a book about what it was like to meet these other Angela Sheltons and interviewing them. Uh, and what she found out was that, you know, many of them were nurses. There are many Angela Sheltons out there that are nurses. But really? In this article, these social scientists say that human beings, we are unconsciously drawn to people and things that remind us of, of ourselves. So that's why we're interested in finding other Monica Dolans. I mean, I will admit that when I hear someone's name is Monica, you know, we've had people write to us here at Satellite Sisters, and it's like, oh, my name, I'm a Monica too, or my daughter's a Monica. I kind of light up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, then you had that whole Lewinsky situation, though. So that sort of put a damper on the... <laughs> oh, yeah, that, they gave, she gave Monica's a bad name. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah, because Monica used to be kind but of a fun, what? unusual a name. After the Monica Lewinsky uh, episode, which lasted for a few years, <laughs> yes. I didn't have to tell people how to spell my name oh. anymore. Because occasionally <laughs> you have to spell Monica for them. After that, I was in the clear. Liz, how about you? Other Liz Dolans? Well, there's uh, one who was a financial columnist in the U.K., and then there does seem to be, so that's obviously a very that's different hilarious. skill set than my own. 
Uh, and there's one that seems to publish scientific papers here in the United States. I can't remember what the subject was. Again, oh, way yeah. over my head. Yes, there is a Monica Dolan. Uh, the other, like I'd say the third most Googled Monica Dolan is an HIV researcher. Oh, really? Yeah. Dr. Monica Dolan. I don't know that she's a doctor, okay. but she's, she's, she's a researcher and talks about HIV treatment and, and uh all right, I can honestly say there are no other Lian There's not a I've single never, one? No, I mean, Lian, as I spell it, L-I-A-N, is a very common Chinese name. Yes. But right. that's so it's usually not paired with Dolan. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that being right. the case. Yes. So I have never seen another Lian Dolan. I think I, when I Google myself, I'm the only one that comes up. And then it's spinoffs into, you know, articles that may contain a Lian and a Dolan, but yeah. not Lee and Dolan yeah. at the same time. Then if you ever do find a Lee and Dolan, that's going to be very special. <laughs> I think. Right, Monica. Even so keep trying, Lee, and don't give up. Do you think, um, as they called me on jury duty the other day, Leon Dolan would also. <laughs> that's quite could dramatic. I, could Leon I look up Dolan? Leon Dolan? <laughs> I bet there are a few Leon Delans. Would, now that you say it, yes. that seems that's entirely likely. More common, Leon Delan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liz, time to get bitter. Oh yeah, this is uh, this week's installment of the Bitter Business Bureau. You know, in general. We're happy for people that do well. We like good ideas. Many of us have been business people. We are not suspicious of your average business or your average business person. However, having said that, occasionally you see these stories about things going on in the business world that just make you bitter. So the top headline in today's Bitter Business Bureau, this was all over the news Wednesday this week. I'm sure you heard this. Top hedge fund managers collect windfall fees in 2007, right? So we're, I'm okay with people making a lot of money. We've established this on Mm -hmm. Satellite Sisters before too. Like if you start a business, if you build up something that has some value, that creates jobs for people, that creates taxes for the city and the state and the country, I'm all for that. And you should really reap the benefits of that. Or a product you could actually use, a service that's important. I don't care if the guy who invented TiVo makes a a billion dollars. (laughs) He deserves (laughs) it. Deserves he or she, it. you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, so so today's theme is business questions that perplex me because in this in the story, they had there are quite a few of these hedge fund managers now that for the first time ever made more than one billion dollars in a year. So as their personal compensation per person? Yes, Monica, <laughs> per, per person, one billion dollars. So here's a, my perplexing question is, what does a hedge fund do anyway? I mean, right. I kind of know what they do, but do they do anything that is valuable to any of us at all? I don't I don't. And think is so. it that hard? Is it such a hard job that no. you make, do uh, you do the math, 3,000 times what, or 3 million already, times okay. what the President of the United States I've, I've already done the math. Actually, the International Herald Tribune did the math for me. The, what This one guy, John Polson of Polson & Company, he earned... billion last year, which this management consultant, Peter Cohen, pointed out means that Paulson in 2007 made 30 times in one hour what the median family made all year. 30 times in one hour what the average family in America made all year. So it's just, I don't begrudge people money, but I don't get what these guys are doing that is good for any of us. Half of these companies, when I looked into it yesterday, they made their money 
betting that certain businesses in America would fail. Well, I don't think you should be rewarded for that. <laughs> I, just, I mean, this is personal compensation. This is not the value of yeah, your company. Right. This was their paycheck. Yes, last this year. was what's coming it's in. It's a billion dollars. That's insane. Uh, well, okay, here's one guy argues it's not insane. It's actually goodly, and you want to know why? His, yes. This theory, this guy, his name is Xavier Gabex or something. He's a finance professor at New York University. His name is Leon Dolan. <laughs> and, uh, and here's what he argues. Because hedge fund managers make their money by charging fees on investments from rich people, these fees represent the redistribution of wealth from the rich to the very rich. So you shouldn't really worry about it. It really no. has nothing to do with you. Right. I, I'm not buying that. I just wow. think if you're purposely, if you make your money betting and doing things that encourage the failure of other American businesses, well, me, I, I'm just against that. You know, and there's just, there's just no job ever anywhere that's worth that much money no. a year that you should be. That's there's just no job anywhere. No, you get the feeling they're all out Unless on the golf course. A better TiVo. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's OK. That job. No, Liz, I, I think those hedge fund managers work hard. I think it must be a billion dollars worth. Is it hard apart? No, I, I'm bitter about it too, Liam. I'm with you. I'm bitter about it, but I, I don't think they're all out on the golf course. I mean, no. I think it's like a, you know, wheeling and dealing, traveling all over the world. Just doesn't I know. interest it's me. A, it's like high price betting. Yeah, what it's, they do. exactly. It's a high risk, high reward scam. And again, I'm okay with that. I just think that let's. I the people that I really admire are not those people. It's the people that are doing something that builds some greater institution that's going to last longer, some wealth, some kind of company that's going to create jobs for the rest of us. All of that just seems to me. Then uh, maybe like Oprah's billion. I don't begrudge her a penny. Right, and she didn't make it in one year. <laughs> yeah, no. Right, she's worth a billion, but she doesn't make a billion. All right, this is the Bitter Business Bureau. So let's go on to question number two, the business questions that are perplexing me this week. This question is, why does it make sense for two bad broke airlines, Delta and Northwest, to merge and create one giant bad broke airline? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't, how is it more profitable? You know, they, all of these airlines, they say they're getting killed by oil prices, the fact that they have old planes, that they have expensive labor contracts. They have this hub-and-spoke system that kills some of them. So you have two companies with this set of circumstances struggling. Both of these companies have already been in Chapter 11, mm. Delta and Northwest. So they're struggling. They're dying, uh, circling the drain. So let's get together and do it. I don't, I don't understand the math of that. And I don't, I don't pretend to be an expert on this kind of thing. But it seems to me if you take two broke companies and put them together... It's probably going to be twice as bad as one broke company. <laughs> but the very best you could hope for is that it would be half as bad. <laughs> but no matter what, it just still seems bad to me. So uh, that was question number two. And question number three, not so much bitter, though you might feel this way about the taste. Does anyone else think it's surprising? Have you noticed that the big new product with the big new ad campaign from Starbucks is a cup of coffee? Yeah. Black <laughs> coffee. Black coffee. Like, here we go. We've really been working on this. We're just reinventing the company. Here you go. Coffee. <laughs> they, they want people to go back to just drinking brewed coffee. I don't. Why would you want that? If a latte is three fifty and the cup of joe is, you know, a buck fifty as a company. Again, I was in business, so I'm not totally. It seems like uh, then you're 
selling something that costs a lot less. I don't know how that's good for them. Well, maybe the margin is actually greater on a single cup than one of those fancy drinks. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing to think of. But aren't they trying to get back to the essence that's it. of the company? Didn't they feel like they had gotten away with it with, say, your breakfast sandwich yes, and right, your music right, right. and your sock puppets? I mean, you can buy all of those now at the coffee shop. So I think it's a symbolic product, Liz. Yes. I'm not sure it's a profitable product. Mm-hmm. Would it be a loss leader in business? Is that what they yeah, call about, it? Or? Right. About that they'll make money on it. It's, it was just interesting to yeah. me that that's, and I kind of admire that move. Yeah. Hey, guess because what? I went in and bought a pound this week because I did? wanted to taste this coffee. Isn't, that, it, isn't there a new blend called Pike's Place? Or? Yes. Yes. Which after is the, the market original, in Seattle, right? right? After the original Starbucks shop in mm-hmm. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all very or retro. They write on it, and they, you know, it says 1971, I guess, when they first started, and it tells you. Ah, and it tells you the date it was roasted. Right, yeah. Yes. So it's, it's, it's oh, just, really? yeah, no, I kind of enjoyed, it. um, I enjoyed the Pike Place experience. Okay, does it at least taste a little bitter, so we can use the word bitter? Yes, slightly bitter, <laughs> but delicious. It was actually very delicious coffee. Okay, all right. Well, then, uh, one more business story, sure. which I am not bitter about, but it is in the category of slightly perplexing. Or this is the new product. That I, I just worry about this. Volvo is introducing in their S80 and XC90 executive models new seats that have super massaging functions in them. Really? Yes. So <laughs> does this seem safe to you? Here's what it says in Business Week. I know. You're, I'm thinking of those Manny Petty chairs. Yes, right. You know, they're like growing. Oh, where the roller balls yes. go up and down your back. Yes. And, and they're loud and shaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the new massage function consists of five inflatable pockets, which have been built into the front seats and are pumped up and drained sequentially to create a wave-like motion that is adjustable at two levels, as well as... I love that. Now, while you're driving? Well, would you go out and sit in your car? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a driver's seat, Monica. This is in their executive model. I, I... I think that might be a bit distracting. I, I just worry about that. Or it, it might lull you to sleep. Yes, they're too soothing, really. It just kind of... It would be nice to have it in the passenger seat, though. <laughs> so after, you know, if you're on a long drive with your family, you could switch off with another driver and someone gets the massage seat for a couple of hours. Oh, that then you get nice. back in the cold, hard seat with no lumbar support and do the driving. Well, that's one thing to think about. Well, I'm not for or against this. I was just kind of curious about it. Just thought I'd oh, put people it out there. will love it. I mean, you, it, it's uh, it was the obvious next step. I mean, after the heated seats, mm-hmm. you have to admit they're a miracle yeah, on a great. cold morning. Yes, if you live in a cold climate, just to have the seat heated up first thing before the car gets warm, I abs- I love it. You know, so I guess it's the next natural step. It's like. Where will it go next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scary the, to think about. They'll put the pedicure bowl right yes, there. Right there in on, the car. Pa- on the passenger side. <laughs> <laughs> you can soak your nails. <laughs> All right, coming up, we promised last week that we would tell you about some of the answers to our question of the week. And then, oops, we forgot. I forgot. Ran but, out of time. But we're really, really going to do it this week. And then the Lab Rats are here with dark chocolate. on the road tonight, crying in their sleep. If I was a hungry man with a gun in my hand, there's some promises to keep. Who wanted to change the world? What's as easy as murder? Saw headlights and vapor trails and Circle K killers. And I know I could look at anyone but you now.
Sisters to Go. That was a song off the Counting Crows new album. Monica, isn't it called Saturday Night, Sunday Morning? You did it as a listen up. Saturday Night, Sunday Mornings. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right. Leanne, Liz, Sheila is joining us. She just, she heard we were doing the question of the week. She wanted in. I just wanted to get set up and hear what you guys are talking about over here. <laughs> and I'm getting my little chocolate bars set up as well. Oh, gosh, you are lucky today that the lab rats are here with chocolate bars, Leanne. I know, because I'm a little hungry, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, coming up later in the show, along with the lab rats, you're going to hear a little bit more about our new website. If you haven't visited SatelliteSisters.com, SatelliteSisters.com, you should, because we've radically changed it. Lots of new features that we're going to detail in a little bit. Bit. And it's really fun for us to go, and we've had a lot of positive feedback. So check out SatelliteSisters.com. One of the things that we have there is our question of the week. And, Monica, we still have answers coming in from a couple of weeks ago, which is cool, too. We do. I love getting your answers to questions of the week. Right. We asked you, uh, what were your three fantasy vacation spots? Uh-huh. Like somewhere you've always wanted to go or maybe somewhere you've already been. Maybe you've been to your fantasy vacation spot. So tell us about them. And I would say, Leanne, the most popular just in general category were the beach. A lot right. of people mentioned the beach. And a lot of people mentioned London, I have to say. That seemed to be a pattern. Really? But we got a good letter from T. She said... Uh, my pick for three fantasy vacation destinations, one would be Greece for the attractions, history, culture, beaches, great weather, and the people. Number two would be Japan. She said, from what I've told, visiting Japan is an unforgettable experience because the people there have a different way of life. The pace is different, their mentality, their mannerisms. She said, it sounds really great. And the, her third choice would be the Maldives. She said it's a country of many island paradises. I've always wanted to go there, too. This is Liz. There's apparently fantastic scuba diving in the Maldives. Crystal clear waters and white sandy beaches. Uh, Robin from Austin wrote to us. She said her fantasy vacation spots would be, one, a place where you can eat anything and look and feel like a world-class athlete. (laughs) (laughs) But just for a week, Robin. Uh, Two, a resort on the ocean. Somewhere where you can breathe underwater. I think I guess she means snorkeling and fly. Well, it's a fantasy. She yeah. wants to breathe underwater. And number three, I love this. She said, a place from which when you get home, all the bills are paid, your sheets are fresh and clean, and you still have a week off of work. Oh, Amen, that is great. That's a good one. Amen. And Judy wrote to us. Uh, she said she's been to a couple of places that she considers her fantasy vacation spots. The island country of Malta in the Mediterranean, mm. where her husband's family is from. Positano, Italy. Oh. She said beautiful resort town, fabulous scenery. And she wrote St. John, Virgin Islands where I went on vacation last year. And then Jen wrote to us. She said she also wants to go to St. John because she said, I like hiking, beaches, 
Kenny Chesney and margaritas. <laughs> oh, and Kenny Chesney lives on St. Yes, John, Yes, he right? does. There's a house there. <laughs> Maybe there's a big St. John factor out there, Monica, because they heard you talking about that last year. Maybe. It's People a great are, place. Mm-hmm. It's a great spot. Uh, Barbara, well, then we, oh, go, go ahead. Barbara from Houston, just, just to sort of wrap it up on my vacation spot, she said, a few things my great vacation spot will have. Moving water, flowers, tropical fruit for breakfast, mm-hmm. sunshine, exotic drinks at sunset, and someone I'm crazy about. Now, that sounds like Hawaii. Yes, yes it, it does. does. To me. Plus, the someone you're crazy about. <laughs> could, 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 come, could come from anywhere. But as soon as you find the someone you're crazy about, drag him to Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, we also asked another question last week, which was if you had $100,000 just fall into your lap, just windfall, $100,000, what would you do with it? And there were some great answers here. Monica, I'll share a couple of my favorites, and then you can jump in, okay? All right. Elise from Miami wrote, she said, okay. That was my number one favorite. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then you, you have a minute or two to go find another. Uh, here's what Elise is going to do with the hundred grand. Uh, pay off $35,000 in debt, you know, and uh, some of it is debt, some of it is just on her mortgage. Mm-hmm. Pay $30,000 into retirement. So, two, right there, out of the 100, she's taking 60 and doing solid, wise things with it. Uh, next on the list, cosmetic surgery, li- liposuction, touch ups. She just <laughs> wants touch ups. She's willing to spend as much as, I love this part. As much as $20,000 can buy me from the waist down. (laughs) How much fat can you suck out for 20 grand? Yeah. Uh, But then as soon as she gets through the liposuction recovery, uh, she wants to book a $10,000 first class cruise to, heck, anywhere for a month, she writes, anywhere. And she's probably going to take her husband. Uh, And then $5,000 left over. She's going to shopping spree, shoes, Ann Taylor, replace my makeup. Replacing your makeup is very satisfying, isn't it, mm-hmm. Elise? I agree with you. And can cost almost $5,000 sometime. And a couple of good books for the cruise. So, wow, she already feels refreshed. So do I, Elise. <laughs> Thank you. And then uh, then there were quite a few letters, as we noted earlier, Monica, that of people that wanted to do very generous things with their money, which is very nice of you to say. Uh, this one came from Puddles. Uh, what would I do if I was suddenly given $100,000? Well, it would be too easy for me to go and pay off my home. It would be nice to be debt-free, but uh, but I'd love to do something uh, for my little part of the world. I live in a rather rural community. I would love to rent a modest building where the senior citizens could gather together. I'd even have to find a way to get some of these senior citizens to the facility because so many do not drive and probably should not drive. Most older folks around here just stay at home and seldom get out. I realize this money would only last a little while, but it would at least give them something for that little while, maybe only a summer. So that's what I would do with the money. Oh, puddles. You're so much nicer than than us. us. Thank you. She's in West Virginia, and that's just really what she wanted to do with her money. Puddles. I I hope you find 100 grand in in a tree or something. Maybe some of those stupid hedge fund managers (laughs) could send puddles 100 Gs. You can spare it. (laughs) All right. Those are my faves, Monica. How about you? Uh, You know, along those same lines, I like Linda's letter. She lives in Texas. She said, uh, hands down, I would give it all away. She said, I've always wished that I could just have some money to go buy my 82-year-old mother her burnt orange car. 
I guess her mother would like a burnt orange card. <laughs> or she said, I'd like to buy an Apple laptop for a single mother whose son is graduating from high school. And then I would give my church a load of money to run the best vacation Bible school program they ever saw. She said, having money to change someone's life or put smiles on faces triples its value which is true, but then I liked... Uh, I'm not even going to say what my fantasy was. I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> you, you should but be embarrassed. And Leanne, how about this one? Bitsy had a good letter. She goes, wow, that's a nice chunk of change, a hundred grand. First, she's going to pay off $12,000 in credit card mm-hmm. debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to fly to Europe. She's going to find her friends in London who are happy to be tour guides. She's going to come home, have her carpet cleaned, and invest another $40,000 and relax on her clean carpet. <laughs> I like the fact that the carpet cleaning made the, the life master plan, that it's so critical to her at this point, it would make that kind of a list. That, yeah. That and, says a lot. And Carla said the first thing she, she would do if she had this windfall of $100,000, she would run, not walk to the bank, because who really carries that much cash around anyways? <laughs> That's funny. (laughs) But Carla wants to find a cozy cottage, a very modest, cozy cottage in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. maybe a tiny little cottage. She thinks it maybe would cost less than $100,000. She could use half of the money for the cozy cottage and put the rest of the money towards travel and maybe for her to get to one of her dream vacation spots. Mm. That sounds great. That sounds sensible. And Kara, I like this one. She said, I'd use it as a down payment on a house on the beach. Don't care where, but it must be the Pacific Ocean and right on the beach. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you going to leave That's a little bit some, more than $100,000? Some spendy $1, real estate. <laughs> well, she said, she said the down payment. So you could, you know. Even still. There's Leanne, some stretches of the Oregon coast, Leanne. Not okay. if it's northern Washington State. <laughs> oh, there you're may, right. There may be something left for, for that money. <laughs> All right. What's your fantasy? That is our question of the week. This week's question that you can answer is this. It's more, a little bit more fantasy, a little bit closer home. All right. Say you go to work and the boss says day off oh day off and then you think oh i should go home and do the laundry and do the do the dishes and your family says day off or you have one free day totally free Uh no work no family obligations i can't say what your cash supply is that's up to you one free day what would you do this is your fantasy leon yeah just have no obligations that's why she thought up the question She's hoping someone will hear this podcast and give her her day off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that is it. You can email us at SatelliteSisters.com for this week's Question of the Week. It always helps when you put Question of the Week in the subject line, too, so that we know it's the Question of the Week, and we'll be sure to read it. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. Coming up, the Lab Rats are here. Also, stay tuned. You're going to find out what's new at our website. everybody uh this is sheila dolan in los angeles monica dolan's in portland oregon and lab rats is that special time of the show when monica and i road test consumer products and report for you on our findings monica sheila the lab rats request line is open it sure is the lines are ringing (laughs) 
<laughs> really? <laughs> they don't actually ring in the studio, but they do ring in, in my DM. head. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this is gonna be rough. Oh, oh I'm chocolate up. I'm all chocolate up. Okay, that's, what, that's what happens when you eat three chocolate bars in the morning for breakfast. Okay. Ooh. Unfortunately, the rats, they, we could not honor Ashley's request. I love this. She wanted us to test push versus electric lawnmowers. <laughs> did, you, did you tell her? Well, you know, Ashley did say, I'll understand if you can't do this. I had to explain this was beyond the scope of the lab rats. Uh, I, for, I said that Sheila does not participate in yard work. Uh, <laughs> Because she lives in what what she call refers to as a grotto. There's a six by eight foot patch of concrete outside her front door, and that never requires mowing. So I, I apologize, Ashley. We cannot test lawnmowers. She understood, but my beady little rat eyes did light up when Eileen and Austin wrote to us, and she asked if we could test dark chocolate. Now, yum, yum, yum. Eileen, Eileen is interested in the. Health benefits of rich dark chocolate. Yes, of course you are, Eileen. But we thank you for that request. Uh, she doesn't want to spend a lot of money at the checkout. And she doesn't do have to. But we want to get the health benefits mm-hmm. of dark chocolate. So we tested three different dark chocolates bars. These are the kind that you can find at most grocery stores. There are a lot of super delicious artisanal <laughs> Dark chocolate. Oh, there are some deep dark chocolates out, out there. there, but we kind of stuck with the brands that you can find at the grocery store all across the country or at specialty stores. Uh, I'm getting, I'm, I suffered a lot of heart palpitations this week as a result. Really? I you lean. shouldn't, little rat, because so it's I supposed to lower your blood pressure. Health benefits <laughs> yet. Um, so here are the bars we tested. We tested the Hershey's Special Dark Chocolate. You've seen it. The Trader Joe's Organic Dark Chocolate. Mm -hmm. The Ritter Sport Dark Chocolate with hazelnuts. We Mm. went a step further. And then I'm going to give you at the end just a brief assessment of the Ghirardelli and the Scharfenberger chocolate. (laughs) I know. There are a lot of German names out there, she said with an English accent. All right. My methodology and what I'm looking for. This is really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for an after-dinner treat, sort of a blast of sweetness, a Ghirardelli square, as it were. I am not a rat who likes cake. I don't like cupcakes. I don't like big desserts. I don't even like sugar that much. But I love the dark cacao. (laughs) Dark chocolate will leave you satisfied. I want something that will leave me satisfied for that sweetness, but not overload it. I want to clear the palate with pleasure, Monica. That's what I want to do at the end of a meal. So I have dark chocolate every night. Wow, for the health benefits. <laughs> uh, you just like to top off your meal with that. Um, here was my methodology I did. You know, I really wanted to taste these side by side to compare. Uh, so I tried to cut off like the tiniest little nub of each bar, and then I set it in front of me. I had these little name tags. But I was thinking, you know, the perfect accompaniment to this dark chocolate would have been decaf coffee. But does decaf coffee clear the palate? I wasn't sure. So I had decaf coffee. I had water. I tested them all at once. I, here's what I was looking for. Does it melt in your mouth? Oh, is okay. it creamy, and does it cause temporary swooning? <laughs> oh, those are good criteria. Yes. Now, let's get started with the taste test. Oh, but at the low end of the price scale is the Hershey's Special Dark Chocolate Bar with natural flavanol antioxidants. Now, this is... 
This is the standard issue thin Hershey bar. Let's stress the word thin. It sells for about $1.25. Um, there's no word on the packaging about, about the percentage of cacao in it. <laughs> it's why supposed they, to be cacao, but why, it's, why do no, all it's of these chocolates have cacao? <laughs> yes, it, I think that's well, that, isn't chocolate. that chocolate. No, it's the bean that chocolate is made of. Okay. That cocoa and chocolate. It's made from the cacao bean. Okay, why this, don't they just say percentage of chocolate? Right, Monica, I agree with you. Now, th- what I call th- this is a good airplane bar. You know, sometimes I need a chocolate bar <laughs> to get on an airplane. Just you know. <laughs> Really? Yes. What are Just you to get you over about? the threshold onto the jetway? <laughs> yes. To get on I like one. to have a chocolate bar just in case something happens. All right? In case the flame goes down. <laughs> oh, she needs her cacao. No, and you don't have a lot of room, so the thin Hershey's really, you know, works well with the traveling. Also, it's good. You can <laughs> slip it in between the covers of your Us magazine. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, it's also good. Speaking of Us Magazine, at the checkout, while you're perusing Woman's World, grab a Hershey Special Dark. You know you want a nibble, Leon. <laughs> you know you want something before you get home. But could it be any thinner, Monica? It's too thin for me. I like the chunk. I like a little bit of thickness. Only one paw up for the Hershey Special Dark. Okay, well, the good news about the Hershey Special Dark is that you can buy it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. 7-Eleven, universal. Target, it's universal. Um, I appreciate that you can break it into these teeny tiny small pieces because it's scored, but it's hardly even a serving that little tiny nub that you for break some off. rats <laughs> uh, you know what it, it, it does have a richer noticeably richer taste than the hershey's milk chocolate bars because it's special it says it right on the package <laughs> right, um, right it's super sweet so it has a sweeter finish than all of the other bars we tested i I have to give it one paw down, though, compared to some of the other chocolate right, bars we, right. pre- we tested for almost the same price. It's super sweet. Kids could eat this. There are a few other bars we tested that I don't think would be appropriate for children. A little so. more grown up. All right, <laughs> yeah. let's get to the Trader Joe's Organic Dark Chocolate. Now, these bars come in a couple different varieties. They have the plain, which we sampled today. They have the dark with raisins and dark with pecans. Now, you can get these at Trader Joe's, of course. These are only $1.99 for a high-quality, high percentage. Really? Can Mine I... has 73% super uh, cacao in it, Monica. Oh, I tested the one with, uh, like, 60% oh. dark, dark cacao. Oh, okay. Well, this is called the super dark. So it's basically, you know, what you're doing is the higher up the percentage of cacao, yeah. I think the lower the blood pressure because... <laughs> Because that's your scientific conclusion. Well, the team member at Trader Joe's was just screaming about these bars in the checkout the other day. He said, everybody grab a bar. You know, it's good for your health. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the health benefits. So that must be true then, if the cashier says so. Yes, and of course I grabbed a bar, or it grabbed me, um, and it was all the rage. You know what? I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this because it's simple, it's dark, it's thick, it's satisfying, Monica. And, again, it's it's a good price for what you get. I'm giving it one strong paw up. Okay. Okay? I agree. It's a it's a big, chunky bar. You get a lot for your money you for $1.99, but you have to go to Trader Joe's uh, to find it. Anyways, right. at first when I tasted the Trader Joe's, the organic dark chocolate, it was sort of bland, okay, mm-hmm. it, it, it compared to some of the other brands. But then I let it melt. Let it sink in. I was Into the decaf coffee? Breathing <laughs> deeply. 
breathe. Did you, did you dip? No, I just am <laughs> breathing deeply to breathe the chocolate up into my sinuses. <laughs> lovely, lovely afterglow. Mm. That's mm. when you swooned? Before it disappears from your tongue. And quite a nice afterglow. I would say if you don't want a bar that's bitter or super sweet, if that makes sense, try this one. Okay, and I, yours I, was a 50, 60% cacao. Yeah, mine was, yes. and I would give it a solid one paw up. I, I okay. really like this. All it right. took a little while for the flavor, full flavor to come out. You have to let it melt a little bit. Right. It was delicious. You might need a little aperitif with that, a <laughs> little, dar- little decaf coffee. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Ritter Sport Dark Chocolate Bar. It's, it's, it's spelled Ritter. Wow, this thing is incredible. This is a German chocolate bar. You can buy these at Trader Joe's, people. Now, here's the tip. I used to go to that crazy place in our neighborhood called, what, the Blind Duck or the Duck Blind? The Duck Blind, right. It's a liquor store, but I don't buy liquor. I go in for the Ritters. <laughs> and I was paying close to $4 a Ritter square. Because I, at I, a liquor store. Well, I, I, well, I know, but I, then I told Julie about the Ritter. She goes, oh, it's very expensive. So I thought I had to pay full price for an imported chocolate bar that's out of this world. No, Trader Joe's, one ninety nine. this transported me back to my German homeland. <laughs> no, I don't have a German homeland. This is dark chocolate. We know that. With hazel. <laughs> right. We're your sisters. We know that. This is called a quality in a square. It's, it's 100 grams because everything's European on the package. It's five different languages. They have writing that I don't even recognize. We it's, could not figure out the percentage of cacao due to the European writing. But it's from the Deutschland, and it's a, a Deutschland. <laughs> No, we have listeners in Germany. I know. I'm sorry. Please be respectful. I know. It's a Nick Pack. It breaks here to open. (laughs) I can never do the break pack the right way. This little rat ripped it open because I love this bar. I did. I love it. It's thick. It's scored. It's 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 rich dark chocolate with fresh hazelnuts in it. Two paws up. I love this thing. Last night, (laughs) Sheila and I were having a video chat on our computer, and I chat. Sheila goes, "Wait a minute." And I thought she had to go to the door because someone was there. She goes, "I just have to get my Ritter bar." (laughs) (laughs) Sheila, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this one two paws up. Also, it was a thick. It was chunky. A lovely melt to it. I really. I thought this one was was worth the money. Okay. Uh, you have to look around for it. Don't get ripped off. Don't pay $4 a bar for the Ritter. Okay, super, super quick. The Sharfin and the Ghirardelli, Monica. Okay, the Ghirardelli, I, I tried the 60% dark chocolate bar. I thought it was kind of skimpy for $2. Right. Had a complex, slightly bitter, dark taste, but a very long melt time. Mm-hmm. I would buy this bar again, but I have to tell you, I didn't even get... I, I didn't get what the, all the rage is about the shark from Burger. I know. Me neither. I know people rave about it. I got the one that was like 80% cacao. <laughs> people say it's some of the best chocolate in the world. No. Don't feed this to kids. It, it, it kind yeah. of bo- borders on like, have you ever put a square of baker's chocolate in your yeah. mouth? Yeah. 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 When well, you're really desperate. That's a good, that's a good comparison. <laughs> it was a little reminiscent of that. Okay. It just lacked sweetness. It was a little bitter. It is super creamy 
but I'm going to give it one paw down. Okay, so this week we actually agreed on the Ritter Sport Bar. Look for it, people. It also has a marzipan filling. You might enjoy that <laughs> if you want to be transported. What is the sport aspect? I are have we, no we idea what that maybe means. Maybe those are the health benefits. No, if we have, if we have j- <laughs> listeners in Germany, you can explain. Maybe sport means something in, in German. It means sport. sport. <laughs> okay. It means sport. I Next think it's week. just the handy packaging, you uh, know, that I, you can take it hiking. It's sporty and, like and that. Right, go. that's what I'm thinking, yes. trails and mountains and things like that. <laughs> Sport. Okay, now, next week we are doing a reprise, a n- fresh new mineral makeup report. Right, Monica? Oh, yeah, good we, idea. Yeah, there's so many new mineral makeups out oh, there. Oh, we are, uh, we are on I mean, it. I mean, that product category has exploded. <laughs> because of us. And I feel like so, <laughs> no, I don't think it was because of us, but... I needed some new makeup, so I, we're going to go back okay. and test the new mineral makeups. So there you have it. The Lab Rats, once again, out there doing it. Thanks, you guys. We're all grateful. Your public is grateful. <laughs> all right. We are the Satellite Sisters. Thanks so much for joining us today on Satellite Sisters. What's coming up to Wednesday? On, on Wednesday? Um, you guys, right now, it's well, the JV, JV right? team. Yeah. New York yeah. Times Fashion Magazine. Oh, yeah, we have some fashion to talk about. Oh, and I have sister show and tell. Oh, oh, oh yeah. We're going to be busy. And isn't on there some Helen Hunt report from you? Yes, up close and personal. Mm-hmm. All right, well, it's quite a show then, sounds yes. like. <laughs> All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.